I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, AfterBuzzers? This is the 100 After Show. I'm your host, Haley Graves, and welcome to the series finale. This is our last season of this show, which is so sad, but the first episode kicked off with a bang. Like I said, I'm your host, Haley Graves. And before we get started, I have to introduce the rest of my lovely co-hosts, starting with Mr. Gunner Texera. Go ahead and say what's up, Gunner. Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm so excited to dive into this awesome season premiere. And just so you guys know, Gunner's also on the after show, The Motherlands. He's a huge, huge sci-fi supernatural lover. So that's what makes him perfect for this panel. Additionally, our next two hosts you might actually recognize because both Jorge and Sherry have been on the 100 after shows before. So Jorge Payo, say what's up to the people. What it do, everybody. Glad to be back here on the 100 panel. And last but certainly, certainly not least, say hello, Miss Sherry. What's up, 100 people? <laughs> I love you guys. All right, so tonight we're really just going to dive in and break down pretty much what everyone has been up to since season six. We're going to talk about all of our characters. Of course, they're kind of divided into two, one bigger group, one smaller group. We'll get into more of that. We have a special segment, you guys, that you're going to want to stick around Four. It's called the over under game. So I'll let you, you know, brood over what that could be. And then Gunner has some awesome news and gossip for us. Of course, we'll get to predictions and then we'll wrap. So with that, guys, Sherry, I'm going to go to you first, girl. Tell me, what were your overall thoughts of this episode? Clark is always going to be Clarkin, always up to her <laughs> little game tricks that she learned from her mother's milk, Abby, Queen B, of causing trouble and putting herself first. So it's a great season premiere as we say goodbye season seven of the 100. No doubt and I'm gonna switch it up here so Gunner tell me your thoughts. Already so confused and so into the season I have so many questions I almost thought like did we start mid-season are we already <laughs> that into it? Fair fair I definitely I definitely kind of agree with you there and Jorge what did you think of this one? Man, I thought the episode had a great theme going on throughout. Uh, it was like mothers and daughters. And then you got yep. this this new kid, Hope, trusting Bellamy out of, a, uh, out of a little note that she embedded in her body. And the Cannibal One crew as peacekeepers? Okay, sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot to digest from yes. this episode because it really was as if they took us through, okay, we need to make sure we show everybody, we're up to date with what everyone's doing, and then we'll get the show rolling. Uh, for me, I was really, I really enjoyed this one. I was hooked right back into everything. I do agree with Sherry. I was like, Clark is gonna Clark and gonna Clark. Like <laughs> that is the one thing that doesn't ever change. And the other character guys, I have to tell you, I still do not know how Miller is still alive. He's the one character that, <laughs> is so just one dimensional, but he's stuck around all seven seasons. It literally, I can't get over it. When he popped up and you know, had his little moment with Murphy, I was like, bruh, like it just, he just keeps popping back up. But anyway, guys, we're gonna start <laughs> off with, we'll start off with what's going on with our new character, Hope. We have this 
person who we think is kept, or I guess we know it's Captain Dioza's daughter. And she comes out of the anomaly with Gabriel, Octavia, and at the time, Bellamy, they're all sitting there kind of trying to figure out what's going on with the tattoo on Octavia's back. And all of a sudden, the green comes, hope comes out, and Octavia is stabbed. Gunnar, what were your thoughts about having all of this thrown at you right in the beginning of this episode? I don't trust Hope for a minute. Okay. I think, as we saw, Octavia knows more than she let on. I think Octavia is for sure somehow in the anomaly, somehow okay off somewhere else. I think Hope is trying to lead them through it because the anomaly obviously is more than just an anomaly. It looks some, like yeah. some kind of portal. So I think they're going to try to get everybody through it for some reason. No, I definitely, one of the things that I found unique that we kind of found out was that the anomaly, when it's over you, you have your memories. So I think mm -hmm. that's what we saw with Octavia, that when she saw Hope come through, all of a sudden, boom, memories hit Octavia, and then she was able to say whatever message she's, I mean, well, no, I think we actually heard her whisper, like, go ahead and just do it. And that's when, yes. um, or tell them it's done, whatever. And then that's when Hope's proceeded to stab Octavia. Jorge, give me your thoughts about this and kind of this revelation that their memories come back only when the anomaly is present. Oh man, I have so many thoughts about this, but a lot of it I want to save for predictions at the same time because I have a Fair. lot. Okay, I have hold a lot on of to them. anomaly feelings. Okay. I have a lot of anomaly feelings is what I'm saying, but because uh, I'm, I'm such a sci-fi guy. But um, you know, it's interesting that you brought up the whole thing about Octavia looking at Hope and saying, just do it, just yep. do it. Which says to me that this was sort of part of some grand plan. Yes. You know, yeah. uh, what that grand plan is, yeah, I'll save that for a prediction. Do you think that they, whoever's in the anomaly, so mm -hmm. they're just the they, do you think that they know that when the anomaly is present, you have your memories and once it's gone, you lose them? Because to me, that is the only way that explains why Hope would have inserted herself with a hidden message, reminding herself to trust Bellamy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think they also know, I, I, I think that part of the science, if you will, is that the sound that's being emitted from the anomaly mm. is part of what is um, detracting the memories. Okay, that, that makes sense. Sherry, when we find out, you know, that she put, she wrote, so it's interesting because we have the message in their code on one side and on the back, a handwritten portion that said, trust Bellamy. My immediate instincts were that Octavia was actually the one who put the note in her arm. What are your, what are your thoughts as far as this mysterious note goes? It has to be from Octavia because okay. um, Dufa can then she does always come back and trust Bellamy, but yeah. Bellamy has not been the best brother to her over the past seven seasons. <laughs> I have to say it. Um, but as far as hope goes, I don't know what went on in the anomaly, but I almost feel like Octavia is like a second mother to her or something, and that there's a connection that we don't know yet. Because as we all know, Octavia has been looking for connection, for love, for something since the beginning of being the little yeah. girl underneath the floorboards. Yeah. And I think when she went through the anomaly, she found what she was looking for and it'll be revealed. Oops. Oh, I mean, that's my no, I know that's, that's, a, that's a little sprinkle of a prediction, but it's okay because it's relevant to what we're talking about. And, and it almost makes me wanna go back to what Jorge said in the beginning, that same overarching theme of this episode was the motherhood aspect, was those bonds between mother and daughter. However, I will say I did notice that Octavia 
does say she refers to herself as your mother and auntie O. Mm -hmm. And we see that in, so pretty much I'll move us along here. They uh, essentially Octavia goes away. Hope stays. Um, and natural faction, you know, she's captured. She doesn't want to be captured. She runs. So what does Echo and Gabriel do? They run after her. And while they're doing this, there's these creatures that are just invisible. Somebody just tell me what were your thoughts of these invisible fighting <laughs> creatures? Because it was a little cheesy to me. I see you shaking your head gutter. What were your thoughts? It felt so much like a Mount Weather scenario, almost yeah. like guards patrolling and and on the, this new moon that they're on, it felt so out of place. Unless they came out of the anomaly type and they came with hope and were prepared to go and guard her. So when hope ran off, they were just going to do it. And But they forgot what their mission was. And now they're just going to start shooting out whatever is near them. Yeah. I don't trust them for a minute either. I'm assuming they, got, they have to be with whatever organization or whatever group hope came from through the anomaly. Because they have the same markings on their face. Yeah, I, I agree. So we see them, Hope, finally, after discovering this message in her arm to trust Bellamy, Bellamy is being, like, creepily, like, taken away. Like, I don't even know, like, was he knocked out? Was he just become some creature and he was just, like, slithering off in the woods? Like, that whole scene, I was just, like, I didn't actually, not gonna lie, I didn't know it was Bellamy. I was, like, oh, that's weird. And then finally they were like, oh, it's Bellamy. I was like, ah. So oh, that's because that was Bellamy's stunt double that was being dragged ah, away. Makes gotcha. sense. Makes sense. That's why I didn't know. But okay, so for clarification, were the invisible people the one dragging him then? Oh yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah. okay. I think so, definitely. Okay, so yeah. then now Assumably. we can I feel like we can pretty much for sure, on top of the face markings and everything, those people belong to the anomaly. Again, though, my confusion is then how do they have their memories? Like what you just touched on, Gunnar, how are they able to know what they're supposed to be doing? Like, they just know to fight Echo and Gabriel? It has to be the face masks. Yeah. And somebody okay. must have been watching Predator, uh, yes. because this feels very Predator to me. I was right. like, invisible was monsters being dragged away. What? Homage to Predator, so I'm loving this. Because yeah. it ties in with, oh wait, I don't want to say, because that's my premonition, I'm going to do it at the end of the episode, but <laughs> it's going to be fire. No, See, I was thinking like it was a cross between the Evil Dead and Predator. <laughs> you know, it's like in the forest and this like mysterious force coming in and grabbing you, but yet they're like knocking you on your. Pardon See, me. And what? Well, what I'm even more confused about is because obviously whoever these people are in association with the anomaly, they have some advanced tech, like tech mm -hmm. that we haven't seen since the 100 was on their ships. And so that has me going like, are we about to start dealing with another civilization? I mean, obviously oh, we're, yeah. we'll get to predictions, oh, yeah. but that's all I can think about whatever this is. And I will say, before we move on to the meat of all the people, did anyone else notice this? And this might be me jumping to conclusions, but we saw um, when Jordan went to talk to Russell, when Russell was chained up and everything, when they were talking and kind of having their moment, they were talking about both seeing something, you know, Russell kept saying, oh, you've seen it too. So you've seen this like far superior being like you've seen the light type thing. And then when they finally flashed back to what they were looking at, they didn't, they still didn't show us. It just kind of looked like light, but they transitioned it perfectly to then being the sky shot of the green anomaly on earth. So 
do we think those are related and somehow the flame that was in Russell that was in Jordan, it all is connecting. Ooh, I feel like it's a circle of life. Yeah. But then again, I also uh, feel like TV <laughs> in general is a circle of life. Thanks to Maria and Kevin for giving this platform for all of us yes. to talk and watch TV. I know a lot of people are feeling lonely right, right now and how you can feel connected is joining us live talking about reality, comedy, drama, sci-fi right here at After Buzz TV and join us in the chat so you don't feel lonely. And guys, if not necessarily watching is your speed. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, and not even just that, we've really ramped up our writing and our articles. So afterbuzztv.com, if like reading stuff is more your speed, so many great articles about all of our shows. We're staying up to date on all different types of entertainment subjects. So make sure you're getting your stuff there too. Just had to plug all of our writing. <laughs> oh yes. And yeah. we all love you, all our fans. Yes, we absolutely do. And we thank you for those of you that are joining us tonight. Um, but guys, so did anyone else notice this? The scene, and I, it just reminded I... me because I sometimes nitpick a little when I'm watching, and I've done this since I was a little girl. I like to figure out how and why there was a reason for doing things in certain episodes. And that to me just didn't seem like a coincidence of the transition between them looking at the ground or whatever this could be and it going fading right into being the anomaly on earth. I feel like there's never, you never just put a scene in a show or a movie just because. No. Maybe it doesn't always pan out the way they wanted to or out of time, whatever, but it's always there. Even if it's just there to distract you. So even if it's just be like, oh yeah, you noticed that that was just completely to mess with you and make you think it was more. But people in the chat are actually wanting the same thing and thinking that they possibly saw something in the, in the light themselves. But I think it's going to be way till predictions for myself as well. Okay. All right, guys. I will hold predictions there. So now that's what Hope, Bellamy, Octavia, and Echo have been up to. And everyone else is trying to do their best to keep the peace. And what I found really interesting, it almost felt, I guess, inauthentic to the show was all of a sudden they're running out of this farmhouse, which I'm not going to lie. I'm a little weirded out by the farmhouse. Like I guess right? they told us why, <laughs> but I was like, this feels so out of place. Like, Hey, they've been fighting for their lives. They've been kicking ass. They've been taking out whole civilizations. Let's give them a farmhouse and not just a farmhouse. Let's give them a freaking golden retriever. Like, I love also, also, let's Where get them the all out of the post apocalyptic clothing <laughs> and let's put Thank them you. in some, you know, stylish clothes, you know, maybe some Jake, yeah. you know. <laughs> no. one of those bombers, I think. I think I have uh, one of those jackets they were wearing. I was like, I was like, what? I feel like the actors all said, you know what? After six seasons, we need a shower. <laughs> we need to feel clean for a little, for a season. Would that be okay if we were clean for a season? Right. Um, Sherry, tell me what your thoughts were about this golden retriever running out. And of course, you know, Maddie, now that she's no longer dark anymore, they really had to reinforce she's not evil. She's wearing white. Because she's the light. Oh, right. And a dog, and a dog, oh, my God. It was so oh Little gosh. House on the Prairie for a moment yes. there. Yes. <laughs> it was so strange. From Clark getting the master bedroom. Why? Who made you queen, Clark? Okay, to let's be the honest. Farmhouse kitchen. <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. She always makes herself king, queen. She's queen bee. But it was interesting. At first, I thought it was like a dream and that Maddie yeah. was having some sort of dream to yeah. deal with losing being commander. And then I was like, wait, no, this is real. 
And I was a little flabbergasted and then a little explanation of, oh, well, this is like from when they lived on the farm. First of all, how did y'all build this? And second of all, why are you the only ones living in a house and everybody else is in a tent or in the city? That has to create um, resentment within the different factions. And I think one crew is getting above themselves just because they're the only ones right now with guns. What do you think, Jorge, about the fact that they're continuing to make Maddie not necessarily think that she's commander, but take on the role of still pretending to be commander? I think they're putting a lot on that kid's shoulders. You know, I I, I, I actually wrote somewhere, I was like, I'm, I'm worried about Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm yeah. really worried about her. I don't know, you know, what happens when one crew does ha- find out that yeah. she's no longer the commander, that she's no longer the keeper of the flame. Yep. You know, what, you know well, they're going to find out. <laughs> well, just in general, what happens when they find out there is no longer a flame? Oh, wow. That's, a, that's another because, question. Because we see how much of a toll it's taking on Gaia. You know, I think she's doing a great job of putting her energy in Maddie and trying to make sure Maddie's okay, which to be honest, I'm super glad that she has her because Gunnar, tell me your thoughts of when Gaia lets us know that Maddie's drawing dreams that aren't her own. I I don't think the flame and Maddie are all that disconnected. I think okay. she's still very much in touch with it. Yeah. And I think Maddie's gonna play a big part in what's to come with a possible big bad. I think Maddie is just a so much more important character than any of us realize. And she yep. was just brought in later to the series just because of that reason to almost the people underestimate her. Yeah. Oh, you just triggered a prediction for me because I hadn't really thought about too many <laughs> and you just triggered one. So I'm going to forget it because I do that. So just make sure you bring up that little point about Maddie being bigger than we think she is. All right, guys. So we see the group. They're having a freaking picnic together. Like, you know, we're good. We're chilling. Like, we're going to forget the fact that the rest of everybody is about to break out in war. It's cool. And then Indra's like, hold up. (laughs) Actually, we need to go deal with this shit. So I got to admit, the one thing that I loved, and Cherry, let me know if you agree with me here, because, you know, guys, sorry, we're the two women here. But, you know, I got to <laughs> say, I love the fact that the 100 continuously puts power in the hands of women. And not even just Abby and not even just Clark and Octavia, but, like, here, it was a room full of women making decisions for the betterment of their people. You know, we had Indra, we had Raven, we had Clark, and we had Gaia all in one room making decisions about how to proceed. And I was just like, Hell to the yeah, the 100. Like it just, it made me feel great. Cause I was like, wow, this show is onto something. I'm just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, it is one of the best things about the show. And yep. in the chat, um, Peter Parker 3000, ha- I have to go back, said that Clark did a lot and that's why she deserved the master bedroom. I don't know if I agree. I mean, still the girl she sacrificed did, a lot. Yeah, and she, did she just sacrifice a lot. She killed the guy she loved. She uh-huh. floated her mother. Like she's been, she's been through the ringer. Oh, she really has. Uh-huh. She really. She's has. her mother's daughter. She'll do whatever is necessary for her own survival. You're not. Not wrong. that I'm mad about that. You I have are, to say, I kind of, you know, hey. You're <laughs> not wrong. Um, I okay. I gotta throw this out there, and I'm not sure if y'all know this, but I learned this after watching season six. Does it? Throw anyone else off knowing that Clark and Bellamy are married in real life. Oh my God. Gunner oh didn't know. 
I, I got to meet them. I, I've interviewed what? them a couple of times and yep. I noticed that they would touch each other. And I thought, wow, what a really close cast. Everyone really yeah. likes each other. They're together like, in real life. Oh, that's what, they okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, they got married last summer, I think it yep. was. Yep. So romantic. That's why. <laughs> that, that explains so much. <laughs> That explains so much. <laughs> I can't believe they're able to keep it quiet and that wow. the cast, other cast members respected their relationship enough that none of them ever said anything at all. Yeah. Like yeah. nothing. And like, if you go look at Eliza Taylor's um, Instagram, I mean, like Bellamy's, I mean, so like Octavia's there, Murphy's there, but like, yeah, her and Bellamy are a thing. <laughs> they're, they're married and you see a lot of the, the two of them. So fun fact, I ship for it. anyone I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Which, Good, I ship okay it. but like I ship going it. back to my point then, it's even harder or it's weird for me to then know that and watch them on screen together, not being a thing. You know, because like right now they're not like they were, and then the whole thing happened where she stayed on Earth, and now they're not. And so I'm just like, ah, I wonder well, if that's weird. But well, they always I'm have sure this connection. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure it's probably I'm, part of news. But didn't the actor uh, Bob Marley ask for time off for some reason? I'm not. Uh, I don't think he asked for time off, but he does need them to respect his emotions and how he gets overwhelmed but i think she feels the same way as well because i know sometimes she'll they'll just like in past seasons they've kind of like taken a step back for a few episodes and i think well, yeah, it's because, because they put it's those, those actors through the ringer every episode yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're you know they're, they're they're commando grinding in dirt and dung and getting you know yeah. shot at and beat up and and Probably. I will say, like, they've played these characters for seven seasons. I don't know Gosh, if anyone they... here are, is Game of Thrones fans, but as soon as Game of Thrones ended, you saw and the actors and actresses all came out and discussed, like, how much of a toll playing those characters for so long took on them. And, mm. like, it just, it has to, you know? Like, you're ingrained in being one character, but then you're really a different person. I don't know how they do it, to be honest. Well, it's also the hours that are put into yeah. it because you're yeah. talking about anywhere from a three to five month shoot of, yeah. a, of a season. And, uh, and you're talking about five to six day weeks. And each of those five to six day weeks, if you're number one, two or three on the call sheet, you're going to be working anywhere from a 12 to 16 hour day, yeah. five to six days a week. That takes a toll. Yeah, that absolutely. does take a toll. So uh, yeah, act, not all actors are, are privileged. <laughs> no, absolutely People, not. FYI. And who it, else it is, is work? Who else is not privileged right now is all the people that are not on the farm. Right. And <laughs> they, I think Indra really said it best. It was right when they were walking up and she just like laid it out for us. Like if you've never watched the show before, you honestly could pick up with this episode and know what was going on simply because she straight up was like, so the pe people of Sanctum still believe in the primes and they blame Clark and all of them for what's going on. The children of Gabriel are there. They want Russell Prime dead and anyone who believes in him dead. Oh, and don't forget about those hardened criminals who came from <laughs> Earth and who won was at with like at war with a couple days ago so there's so much animosity and you just like that scene of them just walking over the hill and seeing all the people it was like holy shit how That's have there not been more war to break out yet you know so i want to know gunner tell me 
I'm kind of conflicted. What are your thoughts about what was going on with Russell Prime and how his whole situation is being handled right now? I don't know if I necessarily disagree with what's to come because of, as we saw, it was lies and fabrications, but then also how much the people are so just in disagreement with both the children of Gabriel, why they let out all those criminals immediately, I'm kind of confused by. I felt like they, I mean, I get probably why in the sense of let's just bring everyone together instead of trying to do this piece by piece and maybe make a mistake and then have to deal with new conflicts. Let's just throw everything into the mess and then fix it all together in one big step. But also that's a lot of factions, like Cherry was saying, to mix in together at once. Um, Jorge, do you agree with Emery and Murphy for continuing their role of being fake primes? In this sense, yeah. I mean, any way to keep the peace. That's yeah. what they were going for. I think Raven was really smart when she came up with that in the moment, actually. Yeah. One of my favorite characters, Raven. Gunner. And, uh, Go ahead. Uh, keep going. I, I just I just wanted to, uh, just going back to Indra real quick. I just wanted yeah. to share my favorite Indra quote from the from the episode. Oh, please do. Who knew putting a broken society back together would be so hard? I think that like wraps it a whole thing up. Yeah. Right there, you know? I'm like, like, I feel like that's every leader of any yeah. country ever thinking yeah. that. <laughs> um, Gunner, you were nodding your head in approval of Emery and Murphy's decision. Do you think that they're putting themselves in harm's way or not really? Well, I mean, they get to stay in the castle now. So what's the matter? Uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, up until our end of this episode, I thought, wow, everyone's really meshing. All of our remaining 100 and groundlings are going together and working in unison finally. And I even liked that because yes, it was a ruse, but I thought this was a necessary plot to do it. And then even to go with the, maybe the lie of, oh, we're gonna remove the, their consciousness now and get back our people or anything like that so that's provable. And then them losing out getting rid of that plot so easily, I thought that was a bit of a throwaway for Clark to do that. And I was like, yeah. you should have done that one a little longer. Like, I was like, two more primes that could have helped with um, yeah. there to um, understand it better. Yeah, I, and then the other thing that, Cherry, I wanna ask you about is, so we see Clark finally go have this second one-on-one -on -one moment with Russell. And we know Russell wants to die. That's all he keeps saying. and. I know that everything, like him having Abby's clothes and her necklace with her wedding band, like that was just to get under Clark's skin to ultimately get what he wanted. And that was for her to murder him. What do you think of Clark's decision when she went out, we see the palace burning and she announces to everyone that Russell Prime is going to die the next day? Me? Yeah, yeah. What were your thoughts, Sherry? Um that as usual, Clark put her own interests before everyone else, because to appeal to just one faction, as opposed to, if she did something to make two factions happy, I could get on board with that. But just to appeal to her, because she was pissed because he talked sass to her about yeah. her mother, made no sense. And it just put everything in an uproar. But talking about Clark, in the chat, we're having a little bit of a war. <laughs> because... Um, a, Dan Hogan says that they were getting vibes between Clark and Gaia, 
when um she when they were like together then of course that someone else said that um Sinead Phillips says I don't like Bellamy and Clark together I like Bellamy and Echo together and I was like wow, wow. sassy everybody but I have to agree I do like Bellamy with um with Echo better than with Clark I feel it's a um a bad relationship. I'm, they just bring a lot of like negativity I'm, to each other. I'm, oh, I, I got a ride or die for Clark <laughs> or Bellamy. I'm not going to lie. I want to see the two of them together. I can't, I can't, sorry to disappoint everyone in the chat, but that's, that's my end game for Clark. I'm just going to throw that one out there. You know, but, um, she hasn't been realized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Echo hasn't done enough. She has not sacrificed enough. <laughs> okay. But um, I will say uh, the, then the other thing that we see, and this is probably like the biggest kind of like dun, dun, dun. Uh, just to wrap up the conversation of this episode, Shade Haida, sorry if I butchered oh. that. It's a lot harder to say it when she just kind of comes out. But um, he made his way to the mind of Russell Prime. And the only thing that I can think of how that happened was his spirit, et cetera, et cetera. They thought that that was the last flame, but we forget that there's still one in Russell Prime. And so he obviously found his way to the flame of Russell Prime, he's in his mind, kills Russell Prime, and now he is big and bad and scary and back. So what were your thoughts, Jorge? I see you over there reacting when <laughs> he came back in this way, because I feel like the writers actually teased us a little bit with it in the beginning of the episode when Raven said how much this was worrying her that she couldn't figure out where he went and where his code went. So she's like knows, and I mean, let's be honest, Raven has some really good freaking gut instincts. So Jorge, what were your thoughts? I don't know. This just triggered a lot more predictions for me. <laughs> okay, okay. Then you can leave it there. You can leave it there. And you know what, guys? That's perfect. That's all I needed to know because we're going to move on to our special segment, also by Jorge. It's called the Over Under Game, and I'm going to let our guy Jorge explain it. All right, guys. So um, the Over Under Game is uh, I'm going to each week uh, find a particular uh, person's name or a phrase that is constantly said over and over throughout the episode. And we're gonna do an over under and see how many times those that name was called or uh, that phrase was said, okay? okay. Or, or how a character reacted to something. So right. uh, the first one that I'm going to give you guys, and you, you can all, we'll, we'll go around the room and take a guess, and I'll, I'll give you the exact number. Uh, how many times did, um, all right, over, under, three times. How many times did somebody say the anomaly? Over. Oh, uh, over? Over okay. three. Over three. Over. Over. Gunner? Over. Over. Five times. Over. There we yes. go. Five times. See? So that's a, that was an easy one. All right, here's a good one. Uh, how many times has Indra spread warrior wisdom? Uh, over or under three? Under. Over. 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 Six times with her warrior wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I love Indra. She's like my favorite character. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> um, I tend to block out her worry. I'm like, when you bring the wisdom, okay, but your worry, you know, I just her wisdom. Yeah, yeah. But her wisdom She's is Yoda. like... Yeah, she's she's got yes. she's yeah she's got that old school like we were at war. It made you stronger. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Suck it up. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, here's a good one. Uh, uh, Bellamy. How many times was Bellamy Bellamy's name called for, said, or written? 
Under over nine. Over. Under. Over. 15. <laughs> 15 times I counted. Bel so Tell me, are your ears burning, Bellamy! brother? I, I have to, I had, you know, I had to be devil's advocate. I had to choose the opposite. We'll just go with that. Um, I try, I mean, I really, on that one, I will say, I was like, you know, he wasn't, we really didn't see him other than when he was dragged off in this episode. So I was like, he like, okay, yes, his name was probably said a lot, but not that much. And I was wrong. Well, all right. Well, I love this game. I hope everyone in the chat got a chance to play as well. Um, and next we have Gunner with some news and gossip. Uh, um, so, in an interview with Collider, some people over the 100 are, are working on, there is talks of a spinoff series for a prequel series, actually, coming soon. That would actually be part of an episode towards the end of the season that could start, that will open up the doorway to a prequel series. But nothing is officially said or done yet, but there is talks of it. So, hope to see more of the 100. That's freaking really exciting. Awesome. I'm not going to lie. Um, all right, guys. So now it's our favorite time. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Woo! Sorry, anyone. We, we normally have a sound bite when we're in studio, guys. So, you know, stay with us. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to take it away. We're going to make these quick, guys, so I don't lose my train of thought. Okay, my two here. Gabriel, I thought it was interesting when they were in the woods that we saw um, – Echo and Hope see people of their past that kind of haunted them, that it was hard for them to deal with seeing, but we didn't get that out of Gabriel. So that makes me feel like either it's something about Gabriel's past, or I think that he has a bigger role to play in whatever the anomaly is than we even realize. I mean, we know that he studies it, I mean, ferociously, but I think there's more to the story. And I think us not seeing some sort of ghostly figure that to trigger for him is a sign of something. It's not an entirely great prediction, but I just think that he's going to play a bigger role in all of this. And then Maddie, how Gunner was saying that she has a bigger role than we really think. I believe that her drawing these images of having all these um, previous flame keepers in her mind and everything, previous Haida's, I think that she's going to be the key to helping take down Shade Haida for good. All right, Cherry, give me your prediction. I think that the um, anomaly is more like a beam to bring people to um, a ship or something. At first I thought it was like some sort of time warp thing, but I don't yep. think it is. And then I think that the factions are going to be really fighting next week and that it's going to cause a major uh, fracture between everyone. Yep. And we'll see what th happens when they go through the, the anomaly beam. Yep. I think that they're going to find Bellamy. I think we're going to find Octavia. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're going to realize it's not evil per se. Yeah, I, I definitely do think. And I think we also might see Captain Deoza there too, because they straight up referenced her as still being a part of it. Gunner, what's your prediction? I, for sure, I'm for sure convinced that this anomaly is like a wormhole-like thing, especially once yeah. at the end of it going up in that weird, yeah. like, poof and everything. Like, hey, this is for sure a wormhole-like thing. Especially with the theme song, we see this, like, new location. I think this is going to be other mm -hmm. another planet and everything. And I think it's going to come down to getting everyone off of the new moon and on through the anomaly and going. Mm. I like so, that. 
are big bats and come through the anomaly. I do. I kind of like that. And, you know, an optimistic thinking here, maybe by the end, the anomaly is actually going to be a safe place for them to finally live out their lives without danger. Um, okay. Just being optimistic. Um, Jorge, give us your predictions. I think that the anomaly is a temporal anomaly. I think the guys with the invisible predator suits came uh, back from the future uh, and were uh, and are trying to prevent the code to kill Shade Hedda, which was oh. on that piece of paper written right. on the other side of Trust Bellamy. Um, it, it, they're trying to keep that out of, out of everybody's hands. I wow. think the followers of Shade Hedda and that that code is part of the way that they're going, that they can defeat Shade Hedda. Oh, I like where all of our heads are at, guys. Not gonna lie. Cherry, give me your thought. I see you, I see you over there. We have a prediction from the chat. Okay. Peter Parker 3000 says, uh, someone's gonna tell Clark not to kill Russell, even though he deserves it. I fear Bellamy mm. might die. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe um, we don't. I mean, that's still very much a possibility. But guys, just a reminder, we will be here with you every Thursday at 6 p.m. to talk about the 100. I've loved this first episode. I hope you have as well and hope you come back. Join us next week. With that, that concludes this week's episode. I'm your host, Haley Graves. You can find me on Instagram at Haley Graves with two S's. That's H-A-L-E-Y-G-R-A-V-E-S-S. -E -S -S. And on Twitter, Haley1Graves2. Cherry, where can everyone follow you? You can find me, Cherry underscore LA, on Twitter and Instagram. There we go. And Jorge? You can find me at the El Jorge on all of my social. I like it. And sign us off. Take it away, Gunner. You can find me on all social media. Gunner Thomas. Thanks, everyone, for checking in in the chat. Peter Parker, Nick, Sarah James, we love you all so much for tuning in with us. Yep. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week. We appreciate you. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.